All right, everyone, welcome to Free Markets Green Earth, episode number 49. I am Nikki P here, as always, with Ben, the Liberty Hippie. How are you doing there, Ben? I'm I'm surviving. I'm surviving. It's been a been a wild time, but we're we're alive and well. That cannot possibly be. We uh, started the month off uh, putting near 20, 20 chickens in the freezer, and uh, I think we we hatched ten chicks today or yesterday. And uh, I'm a, I'm a bad cat owner and uh, ne- neglected to get my. You chopped up the cat. I neglected to get my cat spayed. You know, we were going to, and then the whole couve thing came down, and, and Bob Barker's <laughs> rolling in his grave right now. We had, had five kittens the other night, so uh, we're we're living in, like, placenta and, and everything else right now. It's wonderful. Interesting. But we're good. We're good. Right? And if anybody wants a free cat, let me know. So, <laughs> today's episode is going to be an interesting one. I'm going to just leave this cat shit alone, because that's what you do with cat shit. You leave it alone. If you touch it, then you get the worms, and you get the crazy that it gives you. You don't even have to touch it, man. You just, you just got to breathe that in. I know. It's crazy. Isn't that terrifying that we like live with these things? It, it is. It is. It, it, you think about that, man. We, we're all we're all insane for living with cats. All, even not just cats, but... Um... Like all the things that we live with and eat daily that could kill you if you don't prepare them right. It's it just like... Like the fugu fish? But, but, but like kidney beans. If you don't soak kidney beans, if, if you eat like like kidney beans have a toxin in them that can make you really ill and even kill you. And, and yet we eat it as normal. It's just, you know, culturally we've figured it out and it's accepted now and that's okay. It's 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 wild. I'm going to be honest. I do wonder about kidney beans when there's perfectly good navy beans to be eaten. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. I, I sprout all my beans, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so <laughs> today's episode is actually going to be uh, an interesting one. It, it comes from uh, a friend of mine, Jimmy B. Jimmy B's a cool bass player cat that I know through some other friends of mine. And I posted today just asking anyone, I'm looking for good questions in regards to the environment and things that people wonder about. And he asked me what I imagine was a very derisive question, since me and him tend to have very different politics. And the question was, what would it take for science to be taken seriously? My initial my response is be more specific, because science is a method of discovery. And when it starts sounding dogmatic and disincentivizes asking questions, is it still science? And... He, uh, his response is, well, presented with overwhelming evidence and thousand page reports approved and peer reviewed by the entire world scientific community. How can one not sound dogmatic? And to me, like, I, I get what he was saying and I understand why people feel that way. But I couldn't, I couldn't very, very quickly illustrate the problems because there's a lot of them in, in exactly what he said. Exactly what his he said is why it's so difficult for a lot of people to trust the scientific community. Coincidentally, I think a lot of people do trust the scientific community. The problem is, is we're not all scientists, and so in our hyper our hyper polarized political world, it's difficult to detract the science from the scientists and. Then you add another layer of abstraction that when we read science or reading it through people that n- don't understand the science and have an agenda to fill is why they're telling us about the science in the first place, an example, the media. So what I, I really came down to is that the issue isn't necessarily the science because people tend to trust the science. The issue is that there is a, a business of selling us science, and it's the sales of science that is the problem. And t- 
hopefully today we're going to illustrate why some people have such a difficulty just carte blanche taking what people say is truth when it comes to, say, the scientific community. So what, what, are, you, what are your initial thoughts, Ben? Like, like I said with the kidney beans, right? Um, so many people just take kidney beans and they're safe to eat. It's, it's just something that it is the way it is. But then when you dig a little deeper, you find out that culturally, you know, we accept this, we believe this when they're safe. And really, they're not. There's something else there, you know, and and it's the same way with science, I think. Like we, we look at things, we take things and we they become truth. But if you dig a little bit deeper, there might be something more there, right? And and a lot of that information that might be scary, that might not, you know, fit the agenda, the narrative, gets gets kind of pushed to the wayside and um and and tossed out. I'm curious. I, I doubt there's. I don't know the stat, and I, I don't know if there's a, a poll out there. But it'd be interesting to see the the number of scientists that um just take take science at its at its base and and trust other scientists blindly. It's kind of be, be an interesting thing to, to see. I would imagine no scientist trusts anyone blindly. Like that's the whole point. You write papers to call into question the things that other people have said. Right. The idea is science is ever evolving. You poke holes in it constantly. That is the point. And mm-hmm. I'd almost say like non-scientists have gotten too involved in science. It's become so politicized that we feel like the laymen have shit that we can should be able to say on the scientific method. Like I feel like it's people that aren't scientists that want to put the kibosh on the poking holes part of it and just stay with the things that we believe already. I think that's something that's almost bigger than science, right? Like there there we've our, our education is set, system is is set up to become an expert, right? I, I'm an expert in teaching because I have this fancy little degree. You know, I, I have a couple of letters I can stick before or after my name. Um, I have a certificate from the state that says I can do this. I'm an expert plumber because, you know, I, I can do all these things and the state gave me this piece of paper. And we trust those experts. You know, you don't you don't think about them. And it's the same way with scientists, right? They 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 have this special class, then well you can't question them. You you know, there's they they just they're scientists. They've been to school. They did all this, and, and they know how to do it. And it, that I think is it, it's bigger than science, but it encompasses science. Well, and so when we were when I brought this topic up, one of the things like I kind of threw it in as an afterthought, but like what you said goes perfectly in line with it. If you go check the notes and the links and stuff, I have a link to Michael Malice's The New Right, and it's a book where he talks to some pretty unsavory characters. But the thing that's important that that book really kind of talks about is a carte blanche rejection of authority, of the people that claim authority. That The one thing that the new right all seems to have is that they don't believe the system. They, they don't trust it. There's something fundamentally wrong. Now, you can go and say, well, they're all stupid, but there's some, there are some serious academics that would fall way on the other side politically. And the fact of the matter is, is that it's a pretty even split of people that don't tow a quote-unquote liberal agenda. That's not necessarily what I feel, but that's, you know, the idea behind it. So it can't be that 50% of, like, everyone on one side of a political spectrum is a total fucking moron, right? <laughs> it depends who you ask. It depends who you ask. There are, there are some people, no doubt, that, that feel that way, but, uh, you know. I, I, I imagine there's people on both sides that feel that way. Of course, of course. And it, a lot of it boils down to the problem of authority. When you say you're on the right side of things, and then you look over at universities, which are unequivocally staffed by people of a political persuasion. So all of our institutions of learning tend to veer politically to one side or one side versus another. So immediately you have something that puts distrust because you, you're ingrained not to trust people of a different political bent than you are. 
So it's the first problem you have to get over. And I, I, I have another article in here from like 2017, and it's called People Trust Science, So Why Don't They Believe It? And one of the interesting points that it, it, it brings up is that, so within science, you have uh, people that if you're on the right, you tend to not believe that man is the basis of climate change. And you can feel however you want to feel about that. I, we've been pretty clear, I think, <laughs> on how we feel about it personally. But you can go to the other side and the, the left wing will carte blanche not believe anything you have to say about about nuclear energy. Like all the science says yeah. it's safer than most of the shit we use now. But they refuse to they've refused to listen to those scientists. And it's all based on political lines. So the first issue that we have in like people believing scientists is that, well, what is the science ideologically aligned with me? That's the first thing we have to get out the gates. And I think it's just something that that with with humanity and, and with everything developing the way that it has developed, um, and, and biases being pushed everywhere. It's it's impossibly hard to just accept things at face value and, and to really sort through all the bias that's out there. Kind of compare these things, you know, like like you said earlier. I, how many people have actually sat down and, and read scientific articles that uh, talk about nuclear energy, that talk about climate change? Well, you don't. Every, everybody sits down. Where's the where's the the too long didn't read version? You know, somebody spit it out for me. Even that, the fact of the matter is, without the education, could you make sense of it? But the idea is, is that when you hear about an article, you hear about you're you're listening to a journalist tell you what an article says. You're not actually listening to what the article says. In the climate change, one of the things that they love to tout is the 77% of climate scientists agree uh, that climate change is man-made. And that figure is hilariously disingenuous, we'll just say, because that's not at all what those scientists agreed to. It's based on what the... It's based on someone interpreting data a specific way. So looking at the, the, I'm looking at an article written here by, uh, see here, David Henderson on EconLog, uh, which I agree is, is not a scientific, it is a, an economics journal. But the thing that we're, he, the, our, it's commenting on isn't the, isn't the science. That's the thing. Because the issue isn't the science, because you're not a scientist. You have no idea what the scientists are saying. You rely on people to interpret that to you. And this is a bait and switch that, that gets pulled on people because we don't know any better. We we, tr we we do trust people enough to listen to them when they tell us shit. So <laughs> going like the, 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 this particular article says that 1.6%, not 97%, agree that humans are the main cause of global warming. And so when you get down to it, you're looking at uh, explicitly endorses and quantifies, you know, uh, global warming, explicitly endorses but does not quantify or minimize, explicitly endorses without minimize, AGW without uh, uh, minimizing it, no position, implicitly minimizes and rejects, explicitly minimizes and rejects but does not quantify, explicitly minimizes and rejects uh, is less than 50%. So 64 out of 11,944 or 0.5% take the view that humans are the main cause of global warming if you actually do the numbers from the study that they pulled this all from. And this, and th this is the thing, right? If, if you read like read that article and, and down at the bottom, what's the, the comment is uh, update commenter so-and-so you know, said that this argument is wrong and has been debunked several times. And she threw out some articles that, that go there. Right. But, and then he says, and I don't know, cause I didn't actually go read the articles, but like, if you read the articles, they don't actually debunk the argument. And, and it's, that's what it always ends up as, right? Like but as the, this, this is literally somebody looking at the raw data, right? That's the point. If you get to the data, there's always an interpretation of what the data says. Right. 
And all that every single time that data is is when you interpret it, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care how black and white the the data is. There are some of your biases slip in, you know, like sometimes that that, that happens. Like, I, I don't know. I just I, I have a hard time. I mean, that's just me. Like, you know, I, I think everything's like malleable, but uh, it just it depends on your, your perception of things um, sometimes, even with the numbers, how you want to read them, you know? Well, as I said, somehow someone came up with it that like they can report 97% that can say that. Now, granted, that's not what the numbers say. Right. But there's some way that they can justify saying that to themselves and it's probably it's it's almost always some kind of semantic thing and that's the big thing like yeah. it's a sales game they're they're selling people on something because there's a reason they want to sell them on it like if you believe that uh man-made global or man-made climate change is the biggest thing in the world and everyone needs to be dealing with it you're okay fudging the numbers and you know it's it's what is it? it's we've never seen him do that before have we it's true in spirit if not factually it's the same shit that they claim they, they claim that trump does and that trump trump claims that like the ocasio cortez of the world do and the reason they claim it is because they both do it it's true in spirit if not in reality so we have here an example of them using numbers to say something that is just factually not true but you have on top of that the fact that and, and i don't know how many people are aware that this is a thing because they sure as fuck don't talk about it but it's big enough a thing that it has its own stub on wikipedia and it's called the Re replicability crisis and what the replicability crisis is, is that there is a very, very large percentage of scientific studies that are not rep repeatable. Right. They've never, they've never been able to make them do the same thing twice. So when you say you have piles, uh, piles and mountains of scientific studies saying these things, well, that's great. But how many piles and scientific studies repeat the same things? Because most scientific studies don't do that. They do them once, they get their idea, and oh, hey, it said what I wanted to say, cool, we're good. And then the incentive isn't, like, the current incentives aren't actually to poke holes in somebody else's theory. It's to go come up with your own theory about something and make yourself an expert in something that nobody else is, is covered as opposed to debunking or agreeing with somebody else because nobody cares if you're on the paper that agrees with somebody else. They care if you're on the, the thing that, do, that that proves something completely different. Yeah, it's it's insane. Even, even if you could replicate something, like just because you can replicate something doesn't necessarily mean that that finding is true. You know, like... It, if, if, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, an example and, and I can't, but if I, if I make an experiment and I do it and there's something, some problem in my, my methodology and you do the same thing, like you're going to get the, the same result and you follow, you did the same mistake I did, you know? So, so what if you replicate a bad experiment, you know, and you won't find those problems. And some of those problems, we don't know. We're operating under a paradigm that like we think is correct. We also thought you could feel bumps on people's heads and, and tell things about their intelligence and their life. We thought we were the center of the freaking universe for how, I mean, like, you know. And we've already established that politics ideology is so intrinsically linked to what we believe that there's a good chance you'll never see the issues with your with with someone that agrees with you because you don't want to it's cognitive dissonance it would be painful to deal with so you will just not see that psychologically that's the idea behind all these sciences that you're supposed to bring in everyone that says shit differently and say fight it out the mo best data the most data wins but we're now being told that we're not allowed to question data. You have right. to believe the authoritative science. In particular, the global warming thing, they they have to say they say 97% of people agree because they want us to not question it. Like they don't want people looking at it because there's a lot of money in green technology. There's a lot of money to be made in carbon credits. There's a lot of money to be made in all of that. There's a lot of power to be garnered by forcing people to move to new technologies. Yeah, and and that's that's there's a lot there. 
with, with that. Um, and to, to kind of go in with this whole ideology thing, this isn't sciences. This is going to be the sociology field, which is a little different in how it works. But this is something like when you say people agree, like because we're talking so much like about the interpretations of what scientists said. If you if you aren't aware, the uh, there was a, three scientists a couple of years ago that just wrote up some of the craziest craziest papers that they could come up with. Like they're they're taking ex, like chapters from Mein Kampf and making fake fake scientific studies of like dog gay dogs at dog parks and shit like that. Yeah, remember that. Ultimately, they were like removed as I think they were removed as professors because when they eventually were found out after they got a bunch of these fake papers actually put into academic journals. Now, some of the journals I think are kind of ridiculous that these would even be academic journals, but they are. These are quote unquote peer reviewed articles. Someone has looked at them and accepted the 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 gay dog paper and accepted Mein Kampf, but instead of Jews, it puts women in the word, put in the word, you know, something like that. Decentralized Revolution is a new podcast from the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus. Our goal is to revolutionize the LP by focusing on Austrian economics, radical political decentralization, and by supporting strong local candidates. On Decentralized Revolution, we talk about these ideas in long-form interviews with the most interesting people in the libertarian movement. People like Dave Smith, Scott Horton, Maj Touré, and Jacob Hornberger. If you're ready to take human action with us, check out Decentralized Revolution. Hi folks, Dan Reed here, the host of the Culinary Libertarian Podcast. During the show's tenure, I've spoken to celebrated authors of baking and economics. I've chatted with bakers and chefs and libertarians alike to introduce you to people provide a mix of ideas to build your skills in the kitchen as well as tempt your appetite toward liberty type culinarylibertarian.com slash podcasts into your browser search bar and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher i look forward to hearing from you i, I want to say nature i feel like nature was was one of those places that that ran an article ran it ran a, a study a, a paper and it was like later and, and nature's yeah, it's a big thing. But here's the dishonest thing about that. They ended up, the issue wasn't that like the papers were wrong even. The issue was that they said that they were performing a study on an, a study on people without know, letting people know that they were going to be part of a study. So the reason they got in trouble was because they didn't, disclose to people that they were kind of guinea pigs in this experiment that they were running. And that violates, you know, the rules of scientific yeah. studies in academia, which means it's, when you're dealing with sociology, so how you, you're dealing with people, like you're immediately tipping them off that they're involved in a study, which is automatically going to bias any results you would get. Right. But the point is that they, they, they had to go after them for that, as opposed to the fact that they just put Drek into a bunch of uh, academic journals. Yeah, I, I, I mean, see, and and that's and that's what it is. I think when I when I see things like that, I lose I lose faith. I lose, you know, just accepting people's say so. You know, when I see scientists and and other other well learned individuals contradicting what's accepted, like get absolutely no attention. They, they there's nothing. Um, you know, they're just pushed to the wayside, then yeah, I, I lose some faith. And so everything that is being said, I question, you know, I, I doubt even more, but I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. It's, you know, so one of the things that I've been kind of focusing on is like the climate change thing. And, you know, 
the science is kind of still out on it for me because it is such a complex issue that to factor in every absolute detail that could be necessary for that. I don't know how you would do that. I, I think that any, like, if when you really boil down to all of the models that every single one of them has, which, by the way, every single one of them has been wrong to this point. And, and that's, that's... But even if you take that out of it, how could anyone have a model that includes every necessary detail? You, you just can't do that. There's no level of understanding what's going on in the world that could factor in everything. Yeah. And, and I think that's 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 what it boils down to. That's a lot of it, right? Like We're asking scientists for too much, I think, is, is the first off. You're asking scientists to explain something that just there's no amount of data you can collect to do that. even. Right. But like we as a society have accepted that models are truth. I can make a model based on factors X, Y, and Z, and this model will be correct. And those models are not correct. Whether it's climate change, whether it's like stocks, whatever you want, those those models don't work because we can't predict everything. We don't know everything. And like, I think that's my biggest problem with all this is that to blindly accept everything that's put in front of you acknowledges that like we know everything. And to me, that's just this arrogant take on it that like you don't. We can't. You, you don't know all the factors. You can't measure all the factors. Let's fast forward, okay? Let's fast forward. No, no, no. You're you're you're, you're good, but <laughs> let's fast forward to what we all we've all just gone through with the the couve. How's that model? Yeah. How how is that model? Um. But that we don't even have to. We don't even have to point at like how the model worked out because people make they make guesses. They make inferences based on data. Now, granted, all the data that I saw would have never let me believe that that model was the truth because I paid attention to the numbers when they were over in China. I paid attention to the numbers when we were over here, and I watched the ways that they changed the recording of the numbers that was changing the graphs that they were using and whether or not it was on purpose, it was doing some things that were very, very, to me, dishonest and painting a much different picture than needed painted. They also weren't taking into account cultural issues between different nations, which to me immediately seemed like, wow, this would be huge issues in how this works. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm, I'm just a fucking guy. But I can look at numbers and I can understand the ways in which humanity works in certain ways. Like, you, I understand that culturally there are different reasons for things to spread here versus other places. And when you have something that spreads amongst old people and you don't have a lot of multi-generational dwelling in one country versus another, it's going to make a very big difference in how something spreads. Those vectors are going to be different. And I don't even have to be an expert to fucking tell you that. You think? Now, I know what I can say is all the numbers did work out more the way I expected them to. Um, and I do feel awful for anyone who got it because it sounds like it was fucking awful. I do not believe it's not something that is real, but to what degree and what it is that science will figure that out over time. Yeah, but will it though? Will it? I think you're, I absolutely do. I think there's a lot of people that want to know, want to know the truth. Problem is, is that this whole time you've been told to listen to the experts. Now, which experts? Because the entire time there were people on both sides of the arguments telling you one thing. They're telling you various things, often competing things. And there were certain experts we were supposed to believe and certain experts we weren't supposed to believe. Now, even if that wasn't the case, we know for fact that the World Health Organization and the CDC both actively did things for political reasons to both lie and obfuscate what was going on to the people. And these are the scientific experts that we're supposed to listen to who, for political reasons, have stepped in to tell us straight up lies. The, the masks thing was a blatant lie for one reason. Well, we're afraid that you're going to use them up and the doctors won't have them. Like that, that is that is a truth that they lie. Yeah. And, and these are the people that like you say, well, listen to the experts, listen to the scientists. When are people going to believe scientists? I guess when they stop lying to my face for political reasons. 
that's when we'll, people will start taking them seriously. And and I think it puts all of us in a quandary because the fact of the matter is, is because of the high politicization of our culture, it makes it very difficult to, for something that should be super easy to do. We should all be able to listen to scientists and go, yes, I trust you because you're someone that has done the work. I'm not an expert. Yeah. I don't have the time to be an expert. We, we, we have division of labor so that you can be an expert. But when that whole thing is tied up into a political game. Yeah. We, we all lose the ability and the value that that presents to society because what the fuck does it mean? Yeah. And, and that's, and that's, it's it. And that, that I think is one of the interesting things about science, right? And, and that maybe it's a, a discussion for another day, but how, how do you do that? Right. Like, cause right now, how, how do scientists get funded? Right. They, they get a grant from the government. They get a grant from their university, which gets grants from the government. Or they get money from billionaires that have vested interests in things. Okay, so so in our world, we're going to privatize science and, you know, where do they get their money from? You know, it, it can be kind of the same thing, right? A, a billionaire or a company or somebody that wants to, you know, figure it out. Again, they're going to have vested interests, right? But you know what I'll take, but but they, but that still happens. Right now, that still happens. It does. And those same people can then lobby governments to take the force of militaries to push that on people. They can take governments to force those ideas on your children in schools. They can take away your ability to question. That is the problem. Yes, a lot of people have really bad ideas. Now, granted, I would also say you're never going to have people that are ultra billionaires in a world where they're not using government monopolies to become ultra billionaires, neither here nor there. Why, for the same reason, I think that nu- nuclear weapons wouldn't be a problem in a an anarchic state because yeah. no one would get fucking wealthy enough for, no one's going to waste money on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's way better yeah. ways to do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, let's be honest, if you didn't have governments to spend money on like nuclear weapons, you just wouldn't do it. So can we ever, the state of the world now, can science ever really be truly unbiased or or honest or, or? It can never be unbiased. We know that for a fact. Nothing can be unbiased. The best we can hope for is people allowing us to see their biases and allowing for the dialogue and the dialectic to examine itself, allowing people with varying ideologies to look at each other and say, okay, well, these are the things that I see from my worldview. That's the issue. That's the core of the issue is because the politics is so ingrained in it that you have one side telling the other that you're not allowed to participate in this because we think that your your ideology blinds you to the science. The thing is, is even with that, like this all depends on what you're basing your questions on. Like the fact of the matter is you're, you're already making jumps and leaps to say that global warming is inherently bad because warmer weather does tend to make shit grow better and Human beings tend to survive better when we're not freezing our nutsack off. So, you know, the fact that human population has exploded as the earth has gotten warmer seems to belie the fact that temperatures are bad for people. Now, does it mean, will things change? Absolutely. But you're automatically making ideological assumptions by saying that that is inherently bad. There's no way that you can know that it's inherently bad. Yeah. Now, once again, I will say that I'm a huge, huge stump for biodiversity and the value that that brings to the world and everything that we, anything that can fuck that up, I have my questions about. But I see many things greater than global warming fucking up our biodiversity issues, namely our uses of chemicals. Just to throw my stump in there. Yeah, no, no, okay, I, to say that climate change is, is going to affect biodiversity is is 
naive at best. I mean, that's just ignoring facts, ignoring like, you know, everything. Well, as global as this temperature goes up, biodiversity has decreased. So scientifically, you can make the claim. No, no, but okay, okay, fine, scientifically. But is it correlation versus causation? Who knows? It will affect, it may affect the organisms that are alive now. But to say that organisms can't survive at higher temperatures is is absurd. You know, it might not be organisms that we're, you know, accustomed to, but there will be things that are, are alive. And, and there's things that live in the volcanic waters of the bottom of the ocean, right? In the pitch black volcanic, you know, carbon dust. Just for the record, I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in volcanic ash. So no, not <laughs> I, not. I have a vested interest in keeping that not the case for myself, but I I don't want to turn into to Venus, but uh, you know, I, it's all that like, and it's the same thing with like space. You know, life in outer space. Like, yeah, the, there might not be life that like we fits our paradigm, but man, like, why, why, why are we so focused on our paradigm, on on, on what like our structure, that this is the way things are and this is the only thing that can be. Like, I just don't understand that. Like, I, I don't, like when you break it down, and I, I think it was a book, I took a, a class in college. It was like intro, I think it was, it was an intro to philosophy class, by God. Okay. It was a, a book by like uh, some, his last name was Kuntz. And uh, I don't know, it was, I can't remember his first name. I want to say Dean, but it's not. It was all about like- No, because he's a fiction writer. Right? But it was, it was all about paradigms. And like, it totally, like that, like just took my world and like- like twisted it. And like our understanding of, of the world is, is based on our belief system and, and what we see happening here. And, you know, that's not the way it has to be. You know, there can be other things. There can be alternatives, whether it's, you know, life on another planet or it's things that exist here. You know, it just, it, and the fact that like we cannot accept that, that we don't, that, that that's not a, a bigger part of the conversation that it just, it, it makes me, I don't know. Well, I mean, it is a part of a conversation if you get outside of like the, into theoretical physics and things like that. Those people are having those conversations and philosophy has those conversations. Yeah, but that needs to be a bigger conversation, I guess. And and I'm, I'm no expert in it, but. You know, you know who it's a bigger conversation with people smoking a lot of weed, hanging out and watching the stars. And was it wasn't me? Wasn't me? I don't want to get too far off track here. Um, Sorry. No, it's it's fine. This is the episodes get long, and then I've got to edit them. And I just want to, I guess, in closing, I want to want to say that I wish that we could trust science better, Jimmy B. Oh, for sure. The problem is because of politics and what they do to humanity. Everything is through an ideological lens, and the more people try and fight the ideologies, at least policing each other, it makes absolutely everything suspect. So it, it does. That's that's I guess the the the, the long answer to your question. Hopefully, you know, I, I don't want to feel anyone t is like taken out by this. Like it's, I, I think that everyone is affected by this, and we we are. And there's not two ways about it. I mean, we everybody is. You know, it's it's it shapes our everyday life. You know. So well. I hope everyone enjoyed that. This has been episode number 49 of Free Markets Green Earth. Check out freemarketsgreenearth.com, the .com that Ben could not remember on the System is Down podcast when he was on there this week. I didn't feel like it was that difficult. I don't know, man. There's so many URLs. You could have just guessed and said the podcast title.com. It would have been an easy guess. I know, but then like for, I think what happens is I go and then it gets like, uh, forwarded to the Nick Pacon address and I'm like oh, well, I don't know sorry freemarketsgreenearth.com will take you where you need to go <laughs> you can't remember either so no I can't talk <laughs>
So uh, if you want the show notes, you want to get the links to everything that we talked about today, go check it out there. Uh, if you want to comment on it, there I do keep the comment bars active at the bottom of the page, and I do actually read that stuff. So by all means, let us know what you think. For sure. Take it easy, folks. Peace. podcast is a proud creation of the mad audio lab for more information check out madaudiolab.com free markets green earth is part of the liberty hippie podcast network if you like what we do be sure to check out homesteads and homeschools peace freaks cannabis heals me and this week in liberpods we're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed up republican